0: back it's episode 25 25 oh stop it that's weird uh update for y'all we're now on the road to 20k i know i know i'm freaking out about it a little bit you know what's so crazy is, like, at the bottom of this, of my note, I have a single note that has been open on my phone since I started the podcast, and I just update it every week with whatever new stuff I want to talk about, and uh, at the bottom, these were my original goals, which I've said before, but we'll say it again just to remind you how far we've come. So, I started the podcast in summer, I think it was July, um, so July to now. September, I started posting on TikTok every day, but the goals were that I wanted to break 1,400 by the end of the year, and I wanted to just get to 2,000 followers by sometime in 2024. Now, as of today, we are very close to 17,000 on TikTok, um, which means we're like 3,000 away from 20k you guys yes so 3,000 <laughs> divided by ho- however many days we have left I don't know eight or nine days or something like that yeah it's like three 300 followers per day which that's a lot okay that is a lot but um just doing those quick cal- calculations um we have gotten m- certainly uh, more than that in a day before so you know it's a crunch by the end of the year but it's possible it's possible there's definitely been plenty of days where we hit four five six hundred followers in a single day which is insane which is the coolest coolest ever um so anyway if you're enjoying this show I would really really appreciate it if you shared it with one friend who you think would be interested in like a comedy show or a neurodivergent show or anything, you know, anybody who you think would be interested to listening to my inane ramblings all the time, you know? (laughs) Um, yeah, Uh, sharing it out, uh, engaging with it, rating it five stars, like, doing all of that stuff. I mean, just listening is awesome, and I really, really appreciate you being here and just listening, um, but doing any of those things is how we get the word out uh, to more to more weirdos there are weirdos out there that are waiting to find us i'm like in a musical (laughs) i was just singing christmas songs before i started uh (laughs) recording and so now i'm like i don't know what that was that really was like i was about to i'm in wicked you know i'm in (laughs) okay anyway um I won't, I know some of my friends are not super into musicals, so we won't burst out into song in this episode anyway. Maybe we'll have a musical episode. Stop it, that's weird. The musical. ba ba <laughs> Anyway, um, anything that you're doing to help us reach our next goal of 20k, that's so awesome and sick, and I appreciate it. I love you guys so much. Let's It's Christmas. <laughs> Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and then Christmas, and I've, I've, I'll probably talk about it a little later in the episode, but i some time off from my job, from my 9 to 5, because I really need to. I just really need to. I've been stressed out. I've been overworking myself, working 40 hours a week, and then also doing this, which I love. This is my favorite thing to do, um, the podcast, and, um posting content on tiktok and all that but you know I'm burning the candle at both ends which I said on tiktok so anyway so I took two whole weeks off um yeah and I'm not going back to work until like January 2nd and I'm very excited about that but the problem is because I run anxious my autism runs anxious um it's been very hard for me to like for my body and brain to connect on the idea that I'm on vacation and it's been hard for me to relax, you know. Um, this is like, I'm almost a week into it. I'm down day six today and I don't really necessarily feel like I've vacated at all. <laughs> really. But there's been some great stuff that happened. I've been busy doing stuff, but I do want to just take like, some time and chill you know I've been thinking about going up to the hot springs or something which I I I may still do I would like to do I think it's all books I'll have to put myself on a wait list or something but you know I do just kind of want to make myself do nothing for at least a few days um because I've probably got nine or ten days of vacation left um yeah and I've just kind of been going 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 uh, getting Christmas gifts. I had my family Christmas party already. I had my friend Christmas party already. Uh, there's been there's been a lot, you know, and it's great. It's all good stuff. It's all we're making memories, baby, you know. But um, but I do want to just slug, become a slug on my couch and do absolutely nothing. Anyway, well, let's get into the segments because I've got some juicy stuff for y'all today. I do. Um, sensory Nightmare of the Week. I got another tattoo this week um, with my dad, which was so special. It was 100% his idea, um, which was incredible. It, my dad is 60, and we, we were kind of talking back and forth this year about, like, what we wanted to do for Christmas gifts, and, like, you know, like... I don't know. For family members, it's so hard. Like, I don't know if I'm sure other people have that same experience where it's like brothers and sisters and parents sometimes are like the hardest people to shop for because you're like, I don't want to just get you some random, you know, candles are great, you know, but like, I'm not going to give my brother a candle if he doesn't like candles. You know what I mean? I don't want to get people like generic gifts, Candle was a bad example because I love candles. They're they're great. Most people like candles, Trisha, but you know what I'm saying. It's just like body wash or something like that. Cause it's like yeah, everyone has to use that or whatever, I guess. But like, I want to get people something um, personal, you know, that they're gonna enjoy um, and remember and stuff like that. Um, you know, but there's nothing wrong with. Sometimes people are like, "I ah, just put you put it on a, put it in a fund, you know. Give me a gift card, give me some money, or, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But if you're in the mood this year, any year really, for Christmas, to get somebody something uh, special." We've kind of been focused, me and my dad have been focused on like experiences. And my stepmom and I do this as well. Is often we're like, I don't really want stuff. I really would prefer like an experience with you. Oh my god. Navi, get your tail out of my face, dude. I don't know why, but the WAV file on my computer looks very quiet. Quieter than usual. And I'm like on top of the microphone, basically, but whatever. Anyway. I checked my settings and it says that it's fine so now I'm screaming into the microphone I apologize for that anyway so me and my dad we hung out um this year as we usually do on Christmas (laughs) um well he came to we live in different cities okay he lives in a like smaller town and he came down and saw me and we decided we were just gonna like spend the day together right so we like went to the mall and we were kind of looking together at like stuff that we could buy uh, for gifts for each other because we were like, you know, that'll be more impactful if we go together and you're like, oh, I saw this thing that looks really cool that I really want and then, you know, the other person will buy it for you because it's something that you're like actively excited about and it's not just like a guess, a shot in the dark or whatever and so we went to the we went to the mall didn't really find anything we went out to eat and we were just talking and my dad was like or actually I think he said in the mall we could just get tattoos together and I was like oh he's absolutely joking my dad does have tattoos but not like as many as I have you know um and he prefers to like you know which makes sense he prefers to like keep them in kind of hidden spots under you could like hide under a t-shirt or whatever um, so anyway, so he said that and then I thought about it as we were kind of walking around the mall and whatnot. And then, um, when we were at lunch, I was like thinking of other stuff, like uh, experiences that we could do together. Cause that was my gift for everyone this year was I don't really want to get people stuff selfishly. I want to let, like, I got all of my friends experiences, like one-on-one experiences that we could have together So, like, Chelsea and I are gonna go do axe throwing together, I'm doing a candle making class with Laura, I'm taking um, Josh and Kate up to, like, this private hot springs thing, stuff like that. Um, So, I was kind of thinking of other experiences that we could do together and my dad is retired now. So, he was thinking about um, getting into, like, woodworking and stuff. And so, I was originally gonna do that, like, get us a woodworking class together. Um, so we could carve wood or do, like, wood turning or something like that. And when we were at lunch, I was like, well, we could just do the tattoo thing. Because I have this, like, it's kind of become our group, like, our friend group tattoo place. (laughs) Because all of us have gotten so many tattoos in the last, like, year. Like, me and Chelsea and Laura and, like, some of my other friends also go there. It's not that far from my house also, so, like, yeah, um, I was like, well, my favorite tattoo place is, like, not that far from my house, so I could just take you over there, and it's kind of, they said it was the slow time of year, so someone could probably get us in, like, today and do tattoos, if you just, if you want, if you want to do them, and he was like, yeah, sure, um, I, like, made double sure that he was actually being serious about that, I was like, we don't have to do that, we can go if you want, And he was like, yeah, let's just go check it out and just see if nothing else we could, like, pick out a design today. So, we go over there and they had an artist that had some free time. And basically, we just both picked out, like, pretty simple designs that um, could be done in, like, an hour or two each. Uh, And so, I got a heart that has, like, a banner thing, like, a little ribbon thing that says dad on it. You know, the, like, traditional, like, mom dad tattoo that a lot of people get uh I thought that would be really cute I put it on my shoulder and I love it I think it's adorable um and my dad got an Aries like the ram head kind of symbol not like a whole ram head but you know what I mean the like symbol for Aries um because we are both Aries and our birthdays are one day apart and so that was cute and special and it was really fun. It was so fun. We were just kind of super relaxed all day and just sharing. it was honestly one of my favorite. I told my friends this that it was like one of my favorite experiences that I have had with my dad in maybe ever, but like in a really, really long time, it just felt uh, really comfortable. Not that I ever feel uncomfortable <laughs> around my dad, but you know, like, like, I've talked about a lot on this show, like, it, I've been doing work to, to, to not have to feel masked in front of my family anymore. And um, he's been listening to this show, and I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like something clicked, at least on my side, where um, I didn't feel pressure to behave in a certain way. It just felt like we both were extremely um, comfortable, which has been, which you know, um, if you if you listen to the show, then you know, Um, it's not always been the easiest with my family because we're just not emotionally super deeply connected like that, and and that's okay, and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, sometimes that ease, that comfortability, I think I would venture to say has not always come super, um, easily. Um, it's not like second nature necessarily for all of us together. We all love each other immensely very, very much, but I hope that makes sense what I'm trying to say. It was just, it was just a particularly special day where it felt like both of us did not feel any pressure, you know what I mean? Um, yeah I can't speak for him but it just felt it just felt that way to me I think for us for our our family we are very like achievement focused and I think it's fair to say that most of us are like Like we want to present ourselves in a certain way, especially like the holidays and stuff. It's like a time to come together and be like, okay, I'm going to update you about my life and what I've been doing and what I've achieved and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes it does feel like that with our get togethers, you know, because we live in different places. So when we all do get together, it's kind of like, well, what's been going on with your job and what's been going on with this and da 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 and it doesn't necessarily, you don't get down to the nitty-gritty of like, how have you been as a human being kind of thing, or just like, yeah, maybe a little um, softer, gentler connection that you have to slow down and really like be um, aware, cognizantly aware That it's that kind of time. I don't know. I'm probably rambling about something. Like circling an idea. But I'm sure you get what I'm getting at. And it was just... You know, I've been talking a lot on my TikTok about like trauma and unpacking my autism. And recently, just as of today and yesterday, talking about this thing called limerence. Which I'll get into a little bit later. But it is all connected for me... To this like autistic performance and then and the desperate need to uh, perform every single time that I see my family like I must perform and be impressive in order to deserve their love and it's never a like guaranteed thing right so I have felt that pressure personally and I kind of feel like I could be wrong but I just feel like a lot of our family kind of behaves that same way that there is kind of some sort of pressure, indescribable pressure to be impressive every time that we're together and it's just sick to like hang out and not have to deal with that. To just be like, eh, I'm just a fucking goober and we like that about each other, you know? Like my dad is really the person that I learned all this humor from if it wasn't for him raising me as a single dad you know, and like showing me all the comedians that he loved growing up and like all the funniest movies growing up and stuff like that. And just, yeah, being, if it wasn't for that type of atmosphere, I don't know that I would be doing something like this right now. Or like, that is my favorite thing in the entire world. I've said that a million times on TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> on TikTok, and here. Um,. Yeah, so that just, it just, it was a really special moment, and now we have tattoos to commemorate it, and that's really special to me. I really, I loved that. I put it under sensory nightmare of the week because I didn't really know where else to put it, and I couldn't think really, I think I had one other sensory nightmare thing that I'll kind of briefly go over, but, you know, the tattoo healing process is not particularly pleasant, you know, um, Yeah. Anyway, so that was lovely. That was a good time. Um, The other sensory nightmare that I had was I had a huge meltdown about not being able to keep up with cleaning my house as frequently as I was before because I've been so busy. There's a lot of shame associated with that. I talked about this on my TikTok, so if you want to go see, like, a more in-depth explanation of the meltdown that I had couple days ago I stayed up until one o'clock in the morning cleaning my house and stuff there's just this compulsive overwhelming feeling that I just really had to do this that I had to fix my life via cleaning my house you know what I mean like for the most part I think when things have felt pretty balanced in my life I've been able to say okay like compartmentalize and say like okay, here are the things that absolutely need to get done today. I must do laundry this week or whatever. I, you know, I'm going to do dishes as frequently as I can and not let them pile up or whatever. But like, if you're busy and you're doing stuff and you're investing time in a full-time job and basically another part-time job on top of that doing creative stuff that you enjoy you're just gonna have to like move some chess pieces around a little bit and say okay maybe I can't do all of these cleaning tasks as frequently as I was before I prioritized creative activities and you know I do have to still prioritize my 40-hour-a-week job right and when you make those decisions you're like okay Yeah, I just have to move some stuff around and I have to be okay with that if, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, in order to, I think maybe that's what it is, is there's like some, um, like I want to do this as a sustainable creative outlet for the foreseeable future, right? So this kind of activity is solidly been placed in the long-term category, and so maybe there's some, like, growing pains around that where I'm figuring out what kind of schedule. <laughs> Other people probably just don't think about it as much as as I am right now. But as an autistic person, I'm like, okay, I have to figure out what that routine looks like. What is the schedule for how often I'm able to, like, get these cleaning tasks done? Plus, cleaning and things like that, I've realized, are really draining on my autism. Um... So basically, what happened is I would I I uh yeah I stayed up until one o'clock in the morning, cleaning. I didn't really want to be doing that, but um I was heading straight for burnout anyway, and so I was very drained emotionally. Um, my autism bar was just absolutely depleted. So and I was because of that. Whenever that happens, I lose sleep. So I had had bad sleep for like several days in a row. And I watched this true crime documentary that put me in a really weird, icky headspace. It's called, um, I'll have to put it in my notes here. I think it was called Mother God. It's on HBO. Um, yeah, Mother God. uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. If you're interested in like religious cults type stuff, then go ahead and watch it. It was a great show, but it made me feel very gross. Just, just, not, yeah, it was just, it's just, um, manipulative. Um, it's also quite graphic, so warning for that. It is quite graphic, um, around the death of a particular person in the show. So, be prepared for that if you're gonna watch it. It was shocking, to say the least. So, I just, like, left that experience and I was like, ew, I feel (laughs) icky about that one. And so all of those kinds of things, like uh, being totally like running on empty with my autism, lack of sleep, felt gross about the show, was in a weird emotional headspace, okay? Um, I like looked around my house and I was like, "Ugh, there's so much stuff that I want to do right now that I wish that I could like snap my fingers and just have it fixed, you know? I don't want to do my laundry is like my least favorite task ever. It drives me crazy. I hate doing it. But I was like, I know that I need to do that. And I've got a few dishes in the sink that need to be done. I need to probably, you know, just do a top to bottom clean of my house. And I didn't really want to do that. But, um, a lot of times when I get to that emotional peak, uh, something gives in my brain. And I'm like, I must do something about this right now. Uh... Or I'm going to, I don't know, you know, I'm just, like, I just, I mean, I was gonna, basically, I just had, I had a meltdown. And that was gonna happen anyway, you know? <laughs> but I think I get to this uh, emotional peak where, yeah, where I'm like, I, I'm i going to have a meltdown anyway, because that's on the way. But then also, I'm going to, like, force myself to do some work, and in this case, like, manual labor, that I've been putting off because I just don't have the steam for it but I'm gonna force myself to do it anyway so I'm like cleaning and I'm crying and I'm just feeling bad about myself like I can't do everything and I'm not superwoman and stuff like that um and it was yeah it was frustrating uh, but it was necessary for me to like have just a meltdown, just, just a lot of overwhelm, let all of the emotions and anger and frustration and sadness out about the disruption in my routine and my inability to do literally everything, you know? (laughs) And once I got to the other side of that, I was like, of course I understand that, like, that's what's going on. I'm, I'm mad at myself that I'm not literally superhuman and so if su- if stuff needs to switch around in my routine and in my schedule, I'm just going to have to accommodate that for that. But my autism doesn't like that. It doesn't like change. Doesn't like it. <laughs> it also was like related to like this shame is also connected to this feeling of limerence which again I'm going to talk about later but I have such I put such an expectation on myself my dad I think asked to come over to my house and my house was kind of dirty and so I was like I'm going to get to cleaning it in the next few days like I'm going to do a top to bottom clean Um, But it's not clean right now. So I don't really want you to come over and like see it like that. And so I think that thought was also lingering in my mind that I was like, if my house isn't clean, that equals I am bad, that I am unlovable, that I am failing. And so there was some of that rattling around in my brain too that my dad was like why can't I come over to your house and I was just like it's just it's just dirty you know it's just a little dirtier than I would prefer when when I know people are coming over to my house I'm gonna make it look really really nice because looking sparkling clean is how I how I convince people that I'm worthy of love you know (laughs) which obviously like I prefer to have, like, a nice space to host people, you know, of course, but, like, people who love me are not going to be like, oh my god, Trisha, there's a couple dishes in the sink, your floor hasn't been swept, you know, (laughs) I can tell, I'm running a finger across the dust or whatever, no one's doing that, you know what I mean, so anyway, um, I said to go check out my TikTok and then I just basically explained it all to you, whoops, Anyway, that's what was going on. I had a little bit of a meltdown about that, and so that was a lot of sensory overwhelm for me, but it's okay. We, we've come out the other side of that, and I I made some realizations about what's, what's, what's realistic for me to maintain, you know? I'm just gonna have to make a little bit of sacrifice here and there regarding, you know, how, how much I'm working on things, shifting around my cleaning schedule, whatever. You're just going to have to figure it out if this is what, you know, if these are the things you want to invest in, as I already said. So that was Sensory Nightmare of the Week, Hyperfixation of the Week. Um, I'm really obsessed still with Joey Valens and Bray. Um, the song is called Punk Tactics took me a second (laughs) and there's another one called I'm Fresh I think that's really really good um I really like all uh, any of their songs I'm really into that like old style Beastie Boys kind of rap hip-hop thing at the moment or just kind of like punky stuff in general um i've been going back and listening to old outcast i've been listening to the spirit box version of um, megan the stallion's cobra lately because that's also it's very that's also in that same vein it's like a crossover of like rap hip-hop and like metal essentially and it's just so good Stim of the week, um, going on a lot of walks, lots of dancing, lots of singing. I've been singing a lot this week. Um, a lot of Christmas songs. That's been really fun. Uh, and laughing a lot. Which seems not like, well, it might not seem like a stim, but for me it really is. Um, somebody, I I posted TikTok this week that was about... Um, someone said that they're, they, they trained themselves to not, um, laugh in a certain way because they got made fun of for it when they were younger. And I told a whole story about how I hid a dimple. I have one dimple on the right side of my face and I hid that dimple for most of my life because when I was a kid, someone made fun of me for it. Um, and it wasn't literally until like the last several years that I had to like retrain. I remember I like trained my muscles to move in a different way so that I was like when I would smile I wouldn't you couldn't see the dimple and I had to like undo all of that and just learn how to smile normally again. But anyway uh, so there's that which is like a (laughs) interesting physical part of masking my autism that I haven't really explored uh yet and I think that's really interesting so the comment really like got me thinking about that that there is a physical manifestation of unmasking autism um so I'm sure there's a lot more there that we can get into but then there's also I was thinking about my laugh too and it has taken me that has also equally taken me a very long time to become comfortable with my laugh which I love now um like I laugh loud I laugh really loud. And I'm also, I think in the very next point, I'm going to get into par- uh, 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 a branch. I'm going to branch off on this idea a little bit in the very next point. But uh, I think it was, I think it's the next one. No, it's a couple. It doesn't matter. We're going to get there. <laughs> um, uh, so my, yeah, when I laugh, like a tr- a real laugh is like a loud belly laugh cackle for me and I I was very self-conscious of that for a long time definitely never I never really laughed for real I when I was like a kid and a teenager and stuff like that but now I just don't care if people are annoyed by it it's 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 it is like stimulating for me it's fun to like laugh really loud and like yeah especially if something catches me off guard that's really funny i scream laugh dude and maybe some people think that's obnoxious but i don't really care i don't really care about that anymore so i've been laughing (laughs) i've been laughing she do be laughing over here um do 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 Quirky, silly little things that made me angry for no apparent reason. Okay. Here. The next cut. Well, this one in socially problematic. I've got some shit on my mind, dude. <laughs> okay. So, this note says, when old people stare at me, I stare back until they break eye contact. Some old, crusty fucking guy at Applebee's. I was having a delicious Mai Tai. Wouldn't stop looking at me and it pissed me off so much. Sorry, I gotta take a little drink here. It actually made me so fucking mad. Um, men think that they're allowed smiles. No, 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 not allowed. Men think that they're owed smiles and daintiness and pleasantries from women. Bitch, you gotta earn that from me is what I put in my note. That's what it says. (laughs) Keep your fucking peepers to yourself. I've been bullied by way too many disgusting men. You mean nothing to me, sir. (laughs) Sometimes my notes really kill me. I'm so funny, (laughs) y'all. With your chicken salad. (laughs) That's what I said. Focus on yourself and that outfit you're wearing. That laugh that I just did made me think, okay, so I'm going to say this, all right? I don't know if any of my family members who have said this are going to listen to it, but hey, that's just life, baby. I have gotten feedback from more than one person in my family saying that I'm laughing too much and that's annoying to them on the show and hey, you don't have to listen. I didn't ask for you to give me that feedback and you don't have to listen. If you don't like that I'm laughing, um, this is probably not the show for you because that's my favorite thing to do. So, if you're annoyed that I'm like talking for too long and I'm laughing and stuff like that, instead of telling me to not laugh, Um, instead of telling me to talk less, go watch a show that has, that's less, you know, watch a very serious show that has people that are real serious and they just talk about dry ass stuff for the whole time. And it's only like a minute long. I'm sure there's a, there's tons of shows out there that fit that criteria. So you can just go do that instead. Okay. I love you so much. If you want to listen to me, you're going to have to put up with me being goofy and laughing loudly and talking for a long time because that's just me so that's what that is (laughs) I've gotten feedback on my TikTok like that too people there was one guy there was uh, I might have already talked about this before but one guy was really trying to convince me that I should be more succinct um in my stuff and I was like no that's no my whole shtick is that I don't know when to shut up and sometimes I edit stuff down when it feels like it's really over the top and I just really need to rein it in or whatever. But that's the whole thing that I'm doing on my TikTok and over here. That's what the whole podcast is, my guy. If you don't like it, you can tune out, okay? I love you so much. Okay. <clears throat> so this fucking guy. <laughs> I went to, after we got tattoos, me and my dad went to Applebee's. Um, and we just got Cocktails. Well, I got a cocktail. He got a beer, but I got a mai tai, and it was really good. Honestly, um, what do we we? So I was thinking about what was it? Oh, there was a lady. Okay, sorry, sorry. I had to follow whatever brain. <laughs> there's a trail I don't know what metaphor I can use for that but you know when you just see like a plane in the sky and you're like waiting for the message to reveal itself that's what was happening is like I felt biologically that there was something coming to me a thought was coming um but I just had to wait for a second for it to load just dial up (laughs) for a second so when we when we went to lunch um we went and got Thai food and that was also delicious But there's an old lady there too. As soon, dude, old people love to stare at me. They fucking are obsessed with me. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm probably not special. It probably happens to a lot of people, but, or maybe I just notice it more or something. I don't, I really don't know. But I've said before on here, sometimes I do feel like there's something about my aura that makes old people fucking pissed off you know especially in the summertime if my tattoos are showing and I have my nose pierced now I think I look a little younger to some people like I've said before I get perceived as younger than I actually am and so some people have uh, old people have a, a problem with my appearance and they stare and glare at me too So we went and got Thai food, and this fucking old lady was, like, staring me down. And it makes me so angry. Like, the judgment of random people that I don't know fucking pisses me off. Like, it just sends me into instant rage. I don't get road rage or anything like that. Really. There are very few things that actually make me feel this way. But random judgment from people I don't know makes me so, I'm getting sweaty thinking about it, because I just, ah, I'm like, who are you, who are you, to even, can I help you, Uh, what's your problem, like, it just makes me rage instantly, so I, we walked into this Thai place, and this woman, like, just, she just, like, puts down her fork, and is just staring me dead in the face, and so I've started, like, staring back at people until they decide to break eye contact with me or I will sometimes throw them a little attitude look like okay hello can I help you what's going on and usually that will make people stop looking at me also um but but both of these instances so there was one at Thai food and then there was one when we went to get cocktails and the, multiple times are you okay Mary are you okay? are you good She's having a coughing attack. Hold on, hold on. Okay, we're okay, everyone. She's we. She's really tired today. We for the last couple days we went on a couple walks, um, and she's tuckered out. She does not want to do anything today. Um, anyway, so like I, the they were staring at me and they wouldn't stop staring. Or they're not not that they wouldn't stop, but they would like look at me, stare at me. I would stare back at them not breaking eye contact. You can imagine how crazy I look right now. Eyes wide open, staring in your direction, okay? Until they break eye contact. And then they'd like look away and then they'd like look back at me as if I wouldn't see them or something. This woman did this to me, I think like three different times. And every time I would like feel her looking at me or I would see her turn her head back to look at me. And so I would do it again. Like, hello? So annoying. So this fucking guy at (laughs) Applebee's—it's ridiculous that I'm this mad about it, but I am. I'm mad. This guy, okay, he's sitting down with his family at the bar across from us, okay. From if I'm remembering correctly, he was wearing like a camo shirt and a camo hat, all right. And he's got some kind of fucking chicken salad. (laughs) And as soon as I sit down, maybe he didn't think I was, like, old enough to be, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you want from me, you know? (laughs) But I sit down, and he immediately stares at me, so I did the thing. And he, like, wasn't breaking eye contact with me. Eventually, finally, (laughs) after years of staring, rumor has it we're still at Applebee's. (laughs) He, he, he like broke his eye contact but then he would like look away for a few seconds and then he would look back and this guy did this so many times it was like disruptive to my conversation with my dad and I had to stop myself because I legitimately went to open my mouth to be like can I help you at one point and I was like I can't embarrass my dad like that <laughs> he's gonna be like true just Trisha's become completely unhinged. My, my family's very, like, small town, you know? And so this, the town that I live in, which is not really a city even, <laughs> I swear they'd be like, the, the big city's changed her. She's changed. I don't know what's happened to her, but she flew off the handle when we were getting some cocktails. <laughs> but I wanted to scream at this guy. I deeply wanted to yell at him. But I did, I, like, rolled my eyes at him and was, like, doing the, like, ugh, can I fucking help you? (laughs) And then he would, like, he looked back at me, like, angry. And that's what fucking pissed me off more than anything. Like, I thought I was going to break my, my tie glass in half. Because not only are you being so rude and staring so many times, you know, clearly I don't want you to be staring at me by the way that I'm acting. But now you're like acting like you're annoyed because I'm not smiling at you. I don't fucking know you, dude. And that's what's pissing me off about it. And maybe I'm jumping to a concla- conclusion, but I don't really care because this guy was being fucking creepy and weird. Uh, it's just that especially old men, the way that old men interact with me is if is as if I owe them pleasantness. Not even pleasant, like, more than pleasantness. Like, I owe them cheerfulness and, like, I don't even fucking know you. I'm clearly I'm involved trying to, I should have just ignored it. You know what I mean? I should probably get better about just ignoring that kind of stuff. But it just triggers me in such a big way. And also, I think sometimes, maybe this is not constructive, and maybe it's not healthy, and maybe I'll talk about it with my therapist, I don't know, but I sometimes feel like old men like that have never been told no, or... You're being fucking weird or you shouldn't expect every woman that you come across in your day. Because I know for a fucking fact that that guy's a menace to every woman that comes across his path. That guy goes to Walmart and tells the cashier to like smile more. He gives her a little pat on the shoulder that's all creepy or on her lower back or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt it deep in my bones that this man needed me to yell at him. (laughs) It's like that 0.01% that I've talked about before. That sometimes people just need to be put in their place a little bit. And... I don't know. This is, I've said it, I think I've said this also before. (laughs) I just want one thing. I just want to hold on to one toxic trait. I know this is probably not healthy. It's the same thing as road rage in my mind. And people are allowed to have road rage. They're not, you know, so many people have road rage and and they're flipping people off and they're screaming at people. I don't do that, okay? I have very few vices. I have very few things that I'm like, I know this is toxic behavior, but I just don't care. And I kind of want to keep it you know what I mean I was watching Drew Afawalo. um if you don't follow her on TikTok I don't know what you're doing but she's coming out with a book she said next year about this kind of thing where um I think the book is called Loud and she said she was um she's making it it's like in the self-help category because she's making it as a way to like teach other women to like be mean like like we've been taught to be you know dismissed and quiet and under the boot of men for so long particularly old fucking creepy men you know that like it's time for us to be a little bit disruptive and if if somebody deserves it a little disrespectful to someone who's being disrespectful to me and disrupting my experience does this all of this sound like an overreaction to a man that was looking in my direction? Probably. But he wasn't just looking, you know, it wasn't like he was scanning the room and just happened to like his eyeballs landed in my direction. This was like very intentional. And all, like I said, like when I started going like, "Uh, can I help you kind of facial expressions? He was like <laughs> pissed. He was like furrowing his eyebrows at me and like doing the same thing back at me and I'm like fucking move your eye if you don't like looking at my face look elsewhere dude look at your stupid chicken salad and hang out with your family instead of whatever you're doing it's weird stop it so it just it just got me really fired up that is one thing that makes me so mad and I shouldn't be like looking for it but I just I feel like it never stops with me that like no matter where the fuck I go I could go anywhere I could go to a park I could go to a grocery store I could go to a bar I could go it's not like I'm experiencing one type of person it's not like I went to a bar and some guy was clearly drunk and just being obnoxious and then I could let it go it doesn't fucking matter where I go ever there's somebody pissing me off not really that's so not true but like there's a guy somewhere ruining it (laughs) an old guy doing something that I don't like sometimes often I would say so that just yeah it just it really set me off where I was just like I don't know dude I uh, like I yeah I don't know what there maybe there's nothing more to be said about that or there's nothing really to be done about it but I just wanted—I don't know. Have other are other people experiencing shit like that? <sighs> Maybe you're just better at ignoring it than me. Anyway, fuck that guy and fuck his chicken salad. <laughs> his his wife looked like she was pissed off at him too. Anyway, <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Um, what's she anxious about now? I'm feeling solid today. Day six of vacation, finally got some sleep. I slept so good last night. Last night was my one, like, token good night's rest for the week, and I'll probably sleep, like, garbage again tonight. But this is, this is what I'm saying. Autistic people, rise up. If we get one good night of sleep, dude, I said this in a comment on one of my videos on TikTok, that if we were, if autistic people are, our bar is constantly, like, at 50% or below. All the time. I don't think the world could handle me at a 100. Because I got one good night of sleep. And I'm this hyped up today, you guys. I don't know. I, I If I had to per, put a percentage on it. You know, 60% maybe. Maybe 70. That's probably pushing it. 70%. But I, yeah. I feel... <laughs> rested more rested than I normally am and I still was like I've been working today you know i have been working on the podcast I've been working on TikTok and I've been like I haven't rested today I've been doing stuff so realistically probably now because you know it's like 5 30 p.m. I started probably at 70 percent and now I'm probably down to like 40 or something like that but you know what I'm saying <laughs> If I'm this hyped at forty, I don't know. (laughs) You know what? It's probably my. It's probably for my own good. (laughs) Probably. I'm just imagining the shenanigans that I would get up to if I had that level of energy and drive every single day. (sighs) I'd get myself into some trouble. They probably would have put me away a long time ago. If that's what I was operating at on the daily. Okay, I was feeling a uh, panic attack level of dysregulation in my nervous system and I knew it was because of lack of sleep and overworking. I've been working too much, like I said, and so like all that stuff snowballed onto itself and uh, yeah, like pan- when I start feeling really panicky is when I know that I'm about to hit like a strong wall of burnout and like not be able to do anything at all anymore. And I will lose interest in things. And all that. So I knew I was about to crash. It was that night that I had the meltdown. I was feeling really panicky after watching that Mother God show. And then uh, I felt like my heart was like bursting out of my chest. Like I was feeling heart palpitations. Very sweaty. Lots of anxiety. Um, And then I went right into a meltdown. (laughs) So I think the meltdown was part of like like i don't know if this is scientifically accurate or not but it feels kind of like it like sometimes i feel like those meltdowns are there to like as like a last ditch effort like my body is like okay either we can melt down or we can completely shut down if we melt down we can at least get some of the dysregulation out and the emotion out and by the end of it you can start processing whatever was going on with you and stuff like that and so it felt it feels some sometimes for me like a fail-safe thing where my body's like okay all right you haven't been listening to us we're just gonna have to do this we're gonna have to pull the lever you know that sort of thing um so anyway i was feeling i was feeling that level of anxiety for the first five days of my vacation and then I had the meltdown and one good night's sleep and I'm feeling way better today, guys. Honestly. <laughs> I'm feeling like a million bucks. <laughs> uh so that's what I was anxious about now. But I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. And I and like I said, I've got I think, if I counted correctly, like nine or ten days left of vacation, and so I'm very excited to just like spend that time relaxing. With um, with my friends, with family, doing fun things, uh, and also probably doing a lot of nothing. I don't know. Actually, let's look it up here in real time so I can tell you. So January 31st, I may skip next week. This week, um, you know, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and I probably could have skipped this week if I wanted to but I felt like putting out a podcast today because I was, you know, I'm doing well. (laughs) I'm doing well today. I was like, I've got some stuff to talk about. Namely, the guy at Applebee's. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to say that. I'll just put that out there. If I put one out, then that'll be a little extra bonus episode, but we'll just say that I'm going to skip next week for the first, what am I saying? (laughs) New Year's. I'm going to skip it, give myself a holiday, give myself a week off, and then I'll be back on the 7th. That's what we're going to say. But if for some reason I've got some extra time and I feel like recording, then I will do that. Okay. Um, That's what she's anxious about now. Socially problematic. All right. <clears throat> Here's some other shit that is tied into the Applebee's guy stuff. All right. Um, I have a real problem with the way that people choose to perceive me I am small I'm five foot one on a really good day I got measured at the doctor years ago one time a doctor told me that I'm actually five one and not five foot and so I've said that forever now <laughs> I don't even know if that's actually accurate that's what they said People perceive me as younger than I am, and I think because of my body type, because I'm short and small or whatever, not by my fucking choice, that's just how I was born, people perceive me as being, like, quiet and shy, I've been called, there's a story that goes around in my friend group of one time that a guy that I worked with called me mousy and it made me want to literally throw up um and I just I hate it I just really don't like being perceived in a way that I am not and it pisses me off that it is like a male and female kind of thing like I think because I'm small I don't know there's just something I guess about the way that I look or the way that I'm perceived I don't know I can't pinpoint it Really? I don't know. I don't know what you're seeing in me, but some some people (laughs) look at my fucking face and assume that I should be quiet and subtle and shy and demure and it makes me irate. It makes me so mad. Um, I know that people like mean well on my TikToks and stuff like that, but I um, not infrequently get messages like that like comments of people that are like surprised that I have that I'm loud or that I have like this extroverted sensibility about me you know that I have like a lot of personality and I'm not trying to say that to be conceited in any way but that's just a fact about me is that I am a lot I've been too much for a lot of people even since I was a child which is why I suppressed all this stuff for my entire life you know because I I was ashamed of being too much. All this work that I'm doing is to, is to unpack that, to get rid of that. And if you have a problem with me, that's okay. That's totally fine. But I don't want to have a problem with me anymore. That's the whole point of this work that I've been doing. So it sometimes <laughs> annoys me when I get comments like that, where someone will be like, um, uh, yeah, just surprised that I've got a lot of personality I don't know how to say it I guess but like uh yeah I just I get that the surprise part is kind of what annoys me is that I'm like huh like where did you get that where you know I don't know I guess because maybe not every one of my videos is me like being super flamboyant or whatever but like okay so some guy not that long ago was trying to compliment me and it wasn't a compliment he was saying um basically that i look schlubby in all of my videos but because i got ready in one video and had like took more time on my makeup and made it more precise and i was wearing like a fancier outfit that i was like ugh, pretty all of a sudden you know (laughs) And he was trying to. He kept trying to like explain it to me in a way that would be flattering. And I'm like, I get what you're saying. You're. It is a compliment that you're even saying that I look nice. But everything else that you said, like you don't have to qualify it that way. You don't have to say, actually, you kind of look shitty all the time, and you're just in a sweatshirt, and you just kind of look whatever, homely. (laughs) He didn't say that, but it felt like that's what he was getting at. You know. And I was just like. I don't, I, you did not have to say any of this. I didn't ask you to compliment me in the first place. And if you're going to compliment someone, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I definitely was going to make a video about it and didn't post it. But men out there, if you want to call a woman pretty, just say that. You don't have to qualify it and say, wow, you look shitty and all your other videos are like, uh, oh, wow, I noticed that you don't always dress this way. Yeah, because I'm a human being, dude. I post on TikTok four to f- times a day sometimes. Four to five times a day sometimes. Three to five t- times a day, I would say. A day. Every day. Do you want me to look? How do you want me to look? Should I be? Should I be in a gown for every video? It's silly. You have to realize what you're saying is like, I'm a human being. And yeah, some days I'm not going to feel like putting on makeup. And some days I'm not going to feel like putting on anything other than a sweatshirt. And then other days I'm going to be feeling myself and I'm going to dress up a little bit, do my hair a little nicer, my makeup a little nicer, but you don't have to comment on it like that. It's not the compliment that you think that it is. Unfortunately, I know you mean well, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't dwell on it. I don't think. I was laughing at that whole comment string because I was just like, okay, thanks, I guess. You know what I mean? But it, it annoys me when people I think it annoys me a lot more when people do that in regards to my personality. When people are like, oh, I didn't know you had this kind of confidence going on. Oh, I didn't know that you were all like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not like that in every video because not every video calls for it. I'm making a video about autism and my healing journey and CPTSD, dude. Yeah, I'm going to sometimes inject a little bit of my humor in there, but a lot of that stuff is kind of serious that I'm talking about. So the in-between videos where I get to be silly or whatever or, you know, comedy videos that are about comedy or just a video where I feel like dancing around to a song or doing whatever yeah that stuff is where I'm going to let my personality shine and I don't know why that that bothers me it really shouldn't I don't think because it's like yeah every video that has a different subject matter is going to show a little different um facet of my of, of me of my individuality and personality but I think I think it's an it's probably an insecurity thing on my part that like I don't like being perceived I've been perceived as less than and um incapable and honestly because I really thought that I was gross and disgusting and undesirable, like, even in a romantic sense for my entire life. I remember Chelsea, like, maybe a year ago, could have been more than that, but she, like, I don't, I'm sure that I was being very self-deprecating, which I often am, and I think that's fine, and I like to be like that sometimes, but I've always leaned really hard into that kind of, like, poking fun at myself kind of thing and so I'm sure I was saying some really like negative shit about my appearance and I remember she looked me dead in my face and she was like Trisha you are hot (laughs) and that's very kind and I don't feel like that often you know but I will say some days I do wake up these days and feel kind of hot and that feels great you know to to have that kind of confidence (laughs) Now, finally, in my thirties, is is fun. So, so what I'm saying is, it feels now that I think maybe I've gotten to that level. Mm, I was gonna say, well, because because there's for sure. I think I hit on something there for sure with the insecurity part. It is, I f- I want to be per. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. I have been perceived, I had this complex for most of my life that I was always, like, the ugly friend, okay? When I was younger, I was really down on myself and I always was, like, my friends are always more confident. I'm always attracted to people that are really confident and often really loud and they're, like, the life of the party. Like, I love being around those kinds of people because they're great people, you know? And so when you're like that, you attract a lot of attention and stuff. I wanted that attention, but I I wasn't in a place. I wasn't secure enough in myself to, like, be who I really am on the inside like that, right? So I think I do have a complex still from childhood and teens and stuff like that that I've always wanted to be perceived that way. That I've always wanted to... Yeah, for people to see, um, all, yeah, just the, like, most colorful parts of my personality. And so, when people make comments were like, oh, I didn't know you were all like that, or whatever, or, like, oh, geez, where is all this personality or confidence or sass coming from, or whatever, I'm like, girl, it's always been there, you just haven't been paying attention, in my opinion, you know what I mean? Um, and they don't mean anything by that, they're actually being nice by even like saying something in a comment that's like look how much personality you have you know and I, I think it is overall a very positive thing but I think some people yeah sometimes those things do come off as a little bit backhanded when you're like you know what I mean like because I don't th- I don't think that's unfair for me to say if somebody came up to my face and said that that was like okay I had no idea that you had all this personality. I'd be like, "That's not nice to say to." Some- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that to someone, you know. <laughs> That's not very nice. Hey, I thought you were boring. Actually, <laughs> I've always thought that you were a wet blanket. That's not what people are saying to me. They are trying to be nice. I know that, and I just have a complex about it. But but sometimes that yeah, I think I really it is a real pain point, and it is connected to the Applebee's guy, okay, Uh, that I feel like people are perceiving me in a way that I don't like. Or this, yeah, I I was forced to be mousy and quiet and demure for my entire life and I was never those things. I was never those things. So my brain has been screaming (laughs) all this time my entire life. Trying to tell people that I'm not actually like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be perceived that way. I'm actually this other person that's kind of fucking loud and obnoxious sometimes and whatever. And that's a whole other can of worms too. That it's like as I become that person who I've always been, I also have to be okay with if I'm going to be loud and opinionated and whatever full of personality lots of people aren't gonna like that personality and I also have to become secure enough to say that's okay I'm not perfect and all of that just because I'm loud and flamboyant and all of that doesn't mean that all that stuff is necessarily good positive traits but I still like those traits you know and then I have to be secure enough to say I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's good and it should be that way probably I think (laughs) I'm working on it (laughs) I'm working on really thinking that I said I think really confidently but I'm working on it (laughs) uh I'm convincing myself that that's true anyway yeah and I also put on here what did I put on here if you perceive if you perceive me as reserved or quiet or demure that's on you bud because I'm not Sometimes I'm crass, and I'm a little bit white trash, and I like it that way. Alright? Okay. (laughs) That's enough on that. Revelation of the week. Hold on, I'm going to take a little sip of my tea. We're making good time. We're making good time today. Okay. Revelation of the week is I'm taking my power back by understanding limerence. This has actually been a major disruptor in my life. Um, if you don't know, limerence is essentially like the hyper a hyperfixation that you can get on a person, um, which often comes with fantasies of being in a relationship, I, an idealized I- idea of a relationship that doesn't actually exist. Sometimes it happens with like celebrities or people that you don't know. Um, some people also tend to focus on people like real people in their lives or acquaintances or like now with social media, it might be like a friend of a friend or like mutuals or something like that. Um, I have experienced this in all of my past actual relationships, but I also pretty continuously throughout my life have had some kind of limerence hyperfixation on someone I don't know, which is often like a celebrity or an artist that who I admire. And I've talked about this I've talked around this concept on here a few times before because it actually has been like majorly disruptive to my life. Matt sent me I said this on my TikTok already, so Sorry if, uh, there's a few things in this episode that if you watch my TikToks, I also kind of explained a second time on the pod, so I apologize about that, but it needed to be said. Um, so Matt sent me a thing about Limerence, like, a couple months ago, probably two or three months ago. I don't know, I'm bad with time. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know, it doesn't matter. He sent me it a while ago. I was not in a place where I was ready to hear it. To, to understand what limerence was and, like, begin the deep, intense work that it's going to take to work through this and understand it. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to set my own expectation. I was going to say get rid of it. I don't know if someone like me who has been through the trauma and stuff that I have will ever want to fully get rid of this kind of uh capability this aspect of me because I I formed this so it's part of like a daydream which is also called often referred to as maladaptive daydreaming so when you grow up in a traumatic situation there's like a fight or flight response kind of thing right I definitely uh, was like flight, like a hide. I'd hid from a lot of awful stuff that was going on. I became very isolated, withdrawn. That was also like, you know, I I, I didn't know I was autistic and stuff like that. And so I think that also played to me withdrawing inside of me and, um, masking all of that kind of stuff. Right. So when I was a kid, I became extremely withdrawn, isolated in my room. What are you going to do when you're a child and you're in that state? You're going to daydream. You're going to Come up with scenarios um, that are better than the one that you're in right now. And so, that's what I did. And that helped me survive all the worst times in my life. I still do that to this day. I've talked to my therapists, a bunch of, you know, therapists about it. Not a bunch. I've had, like, two therapists. I've talked to both of my therapists about it. And explained to them. I remember talking about this concept with my therapist a long time ago. When I, like, first went into therapy. I thought I was absolutely in, like clinically lock me up, put me away because I thought this was like so incredibly unhinged and unhealthy for me to be doing. But I remember trying to describe this concept of daydreaming to her and I was like, I create these scenarios and it helps me to feel emotions. Like sometimes it'll help me get out these emotions and stuff like that. But it also often involves other people. Either people in my life interacting with me in a way that I wish that they would. Or somebody who I don't know. A celebrity or something like that who I've attached to. Um, I'm creating a relationship with that person that I don't... That doesn't exist, obviously. So, I've had a lot of, like, shame surrounding that. Because I thought that was just, like... Everyone, would, if they knew that I was doing that all this time, that it's very weird. But actually, for people with CPTSD and autistics um, who have a tendency to hyperfixate neurodivergent people in general, it's really common, actually, um, maladaptive daydreaming, which um, is also like all of this is together like hyper, maybe maybe the umbrella term would be like hyperfixation and under that you have maladapted daydreaming and on the other side you have limerence and limerence is the connect that uh, I was gonna say romantic connection but it doesn't have to be romantic it's just this like intense connection with someone that you've like that you've created the connection in your mind I have done this for my entire life every person who I've ever been in a relationship with this is also comes down to like trauma and um not having control and uh you know feeling out of control with my autism and all of that kind of stuff for for my whole life um I've always like really tried to exert total control over every romantic relationship that I've ever been in and I've succeeded at that honestly <laughs> Have their relationships been good? That's debatable, you know? But <clears throat> I specifically picked these people and chased them through this lens of limerence. I have picked people. Ever, I realized... So what happened? Let me back up a little bit. So um, I posted a video because I, I knew about the term limerence. But I wasn't... I haven't really been ready to like take it head on yet I just know I was like I have this obsessive thing and it's embarrassing and I'm ashamed of it and I know that I do it but like it's part of that maladaptive daydreaming thing that like I feel like I need to use it as a tool when I'm feeling extra sad or when I'm extremely overwhelmed or like you know it has been the thing that has gotten me through the darkest periods of my life and I don't know if I totally want to get rid of it or whatever. It, it feels like a survival tool that's ingrained in me and it's been yeah, difficult for me to like think even think about um ridding myself of that thing, right? So, this is a video about how I feel like I'm ready for a romantic relationship. But at the in the same video, I was I was like, "Yes, I feel like I'm ready for a relationship, but I do know that I have this limerence thing where I I have the tendency to idealize relationships and sometimes I um regularly if I'm being honest I'm hyper fixated on like someone uh that I don't know I think also because that feels kind of safer because I'm like I'll never meet that person or whatever and so I can think whatever I want about them and no one has to know no one (laughs) will be the wiser kind of thing um but posted that video and I was basically like I want to get rid of this limerence thing because I know it's really like I know that I could be in a relationship right now and that'd be fine but if I can work on this idea of limerence I can have a more realistic idea of the type of relationships that I want from the get-go uh yeah, I think it will... I, I've been pretty intense when I've entered in relationships. Like, I've pursued people really heavily. I've created this idea of them in my mind. And then I just really, like, I, I, I you know, if I'm being honest, I've love-bombed people in the past because I felt like that was the only way that I would get them to like me is I would, like, put, take on whatever traits I assumed that they liked in a partner, And then I would just really try to be as attentive and loving and just like doing all that stuff really, really heavily at the beginning to preserve a a, a relationship, again, that doesn't exist. One that I've created in my mind, but because I saw this person and I was like, oh, you've got this specific trait that I think I would like. This is going to be the perfect relationship, you know? So I've chased people like that and then guess what? Turns out they're flawed human beings that are just humans, and so the relationship doesn't work out like that, you know? It doesn't turn into the fairy tale thing that I imagined in my mind. What do you know, you know? So in this video I was talking about how I want to get rid I want to work on that. Because I think that's <sighs> I'm, a, I'm hesitant I was think I've been thinking about this all day like it feels like a final step but it for sure isn't you know what I mean it feels like a big step but I'm never you know I feel like I'm always working I, was, I exhaust myself. sometimes I just need to not be working on anything you know sometimes I can just exist and not have to do work on myself and that's really hard for me to do but in my mind I was like, this is the final thing. If I can work on this limerence thing, then I will be so ready. There will be no excuse for someone to not to love me or for me to not be totally open, um, to a relationship when it's ready to come in or whatever. Then one of my followers, Iman, um, sent me this video. Shout out to Iman, um, sent me a video from, uh, Patrick T. Han is the name of the therapist who specializes in child specializes in childhood trauma which I certainly have um and was talking about limerence what it is why it happens all that kind of stuff so I took most of the day yesterday and like got myself emotionally ready to like watch this whole thing because I think I was also ready for Of course, the therapist would never say these kinds of things, but I'm like ready for people to be like, you freak, you're a freak, you have, you're obsessive, ew, you weirdo, you stalker, you freak, that kind of thing. That's what my brain was telling itself. But then I watched the video and I was like, wow, all of this makes so much sense. And he was like so thorough and precise in his explanation. But basically, it's part of this reparenting thing that I have talked a little bit about on here. Uh, before about um which is essentially like we people with limerence people who experience the limerence are looking for relationships that give you the things that you were never given as a child right like this romanticization is that a what I feel like I'm losing my mind um the romanticizing of um Uh, People that you don't know, people that you don't actually have a relationship with, is due to deficit of certain traits that I wasn't allowed to experience or express in myself. Now, that might be different for other autistic people or it might be different for other people who experience limerence um but for me like i f- this is he kind of walks you through in this video. Uh I'll see if i can like link it in the description here, but basically I'll definitely at least put his name so you can look him up on YouTube, but he's also on TikTok. So, um he walks you through an experience in his own life cuz he also experienced childhood trauma. Um which i I thought was really helpful. Um Like, it just felt so much more personal coming from someone who, like, has had that experience firsthand. So, he was kind of walking through um, how it formed for him in his life. So, like, for example... I was made fun of, bullied because of my autism in my own house and at school. I, I remember being a really young, like, you know, two, three, I don't remember being two years old, but like three, four, five years old, maybe even six, and being like, I was always known for being really kooky, zany, weird, full of energy, loud, expressive, too much for a lot of people, right? Right. So, I was shamed for that. I was always called very, like, weird. And, um, I remember a lot of statements about, like, toning it down. And, like, it was, it's gross. Um, but, like, re- relationship. You know how, I don't know if you've, uh, any of you have experienced this. But, like, sometimes older people, when you're really young, will tell you, like, oh, if you if you act like that, you won't get a boyfriend or something like that. I remember comments like that coming from older people, um, in my family, you know, like, you're gonna have, she's gonna have to chill out at some point, or, like, no one's gonna love you, essentially, (laughs) kind of thing, so, um, and then on top of that, like, trauma, just, like, actual physical and emotional abuse and stuff like that made me so withdrawn into myself, and I was so afraid of making a wrong move around my house, every day, that I didn't want to speak, period, you know? So, I totally lost my personality, my sense of self, all of that kind of stuff, right? So, the thing is, the, all the stuff that I was to my core, and that when I was a kid, I liked about myself, um, I was gonna, didn't disappear, but it was pushed into a little cabinet somewhere, and then I lived my whole life in this void in this blank spot and while I'm in that void I'm trying to form relationships with people as a teenager and as an adult and all that kind of stuff so the people that I was attracted to are the people who felt safe to be who I was when I was a kid right the people how he described it how Patrick his name's Patrick Teahan I think I said that already but the way that Patrick described it is like all that stuff that you craved when you were a kid the stuff that would make you feel like home if that's who i am if i am this silly weirdo i just want to exist in a space that that makes uh, me feel safe to be all of those things you know what feels more like home to that kind of kid or that type of adult, you know, like if you if you think of it at, in re-parenting terms, I grew up, but I still had that child inside of me who was begging to to be to show her personality to the world, right? So if she's still living in there and I'm just <laughs> suffocating, pushing all of that stuff down, I'm attracted to people who who get to 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 who feel safe to to be like that, right? So in my mind, like, of course, I don't think I was thinking of it as deeply or as, uh, literally maybe as this, but it was like subconsciously my brain was forming this limerence connection with someone and I'm seeing a trait in them that, uh, makes me think of that younger version of myself and I, and it's usually like this funniness, this silliness, the freeness. And, and that they're not afraid to express that way, like I was afraid. So then I would imagine, I would create this crazy scenario that was like, oh, once I get in that relationship, that person's going to make me feel like home, I'm going to feel safe and secure, and we'll have this relationship where I get to be like, I can unlock, I can finally open up that cabinet door again and she can come out, kind of thing. So that's what I've been doing my whole life with Limerence. Every relationship that I've had has started that way. Uh, But of course, because people are human beings and they're complex and there are a lot of different things. And they're not this romanticized version that I came up with them because I attach myself to one trait or whatever. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work out like that. It doesn't, you know, I have to see the person for the whole person that they are. But really, like really understanding this concept, just understanding it feels like I feel powerful today just knowing that what this is and that I have control over it and that I can do something about it. I have always felt like yeah, there's this fucking weird thing that I do and I'm so ashamed and I feel like, you know, a fangirl of, of, of celebrities that I like, but I just feel like, oh, I'm so ashamed because it goes beyond that and I'm creating these scenarios and stuff like that. And <clears throat> like I said, it feels like it, knowing this type of what, what it's called and the, the, yeah, it's another like survival kind of skill, right? Cause we need love to survive So, the survival skill that I created, again, was, like, part of that maladaptive daydreaming thing, um, and it brings me comfort to know that I was finding people who made me feel safe in some way, even if I don't know them as a real person. Something about their personality that, you know, the personality that they put out there you know the small piece that you get to see uh I connected with that and I was like that's the type of quality that I've been looking for that's the thing that's gonna make me feel safe or something like that and obviously that's not all realistic but I don't know So that brings me comfort knowing and I've thought this to myself before that like it's all about your intentions behind it right? Like, all of the stuff I've kept hidden to myself for my entire life. And I didn't ever, I don't, I don't often talk about, like, celebrity crushes or, like, people that I've had crushes on. I don't really talk about that stuff very openly or very frequently. <clears throat> I haven't, historically, definitely have kept it to myself. Um, because my intentions are to have a healthy, sustainable, long-term good, solid relationship. That's all I've ever wanted, right? So, at least, I I, I guess I'm saying this all. also. If you do this kind of thing, if you identify with this limerence feeling, like, number one, it probably came out of necessity, survival skills. Number two, we just want love and need love. The people who we're picking, we're picking because they're good people. And we see good traits in them um, that we think could be a good match for us. And could get, could offer us something that we've been desperately needing. Um, you know, love <laughs> from people who love us. Those loving relationships. Um, and our intentions are, are really what matters. You know what I mean? Like I have always been so hard on myself and so I'm like oh you're a freak you're a stalker or something like that but I've literally never stalked a person in my entire life and I don't plan to you know <laughs> but it sometimes it can feel like that if you're like you know really invested in a relationship that doesn't exist you know so so but I feel better knowing that like it all is a defense mechanism and my brain has created this to be positive, you know, it's it's trying to do this in a positive way to give me something that I've been lacking my entire life. So um yeah, it's mo- it is I think it's more of a positive thing as long as I mean, yeah. It, it it can become disruptive when it's taking up your entire life, which has happened to me before where I'm losing time, I'm losing It's taking up all my thoughts, you know, I'm obsessing and stuff like that. That's when it's really a good idea to start looking into this type of thing and um, trying to do the work that I'm now beginning to do, literally as of today, to try to figure out tools and ways that I can start reparenting that small child and give her the freedom to express herself in the way... um, like express those traits that I've always found attractive in other people that I have searched for in these limerence relationships I think even just being aware of that like going forward like the the knee-jerk reaction the impulse for these limerence relationships I think will still exist but at least when I get a pull towards a certain person I will be aware now and say like oh these are the things that I like about them and I, I, my therapist has um, given me that kind of task before, that it's like, if you feel like you're stuck on a person, right, make a list of all the, qual- like, what are the qualities that you perceive in them. Um, and maybe some of those things you particularly like, because that's what you were never allowed to be as a child. That's what it feels like for me. So at least, yeah, at least I feel like I can break that cycle. It feels like it has less control over me. Just, just the idea that I know what it is now feels like it has immediately less control over me and I can say like, oh, okay, I like that person because they're, they're expressing themselves in, in this way. What would happen, Trisha, if tomorrow you let yourself be like that? You take that one specific trait and like come up with an actionable item that allows you to express yourself in that way tomorrow. You know, what would that feel like? Would you feel like you needed, you you were less desperate? Because that's all, you know, to be honest, some of this stuff has come with this desperation feeling and sorrowfulness that that gap will never be filled by the relationships. You know, if I've never had those types of relationships that fulfilled me in that way with like parents and family like growing up if those relationships were never uh, they weren't they I couldn't thrive as my true self under the roof where you're supposed to be the most comfortable you know what I'm saying and I've I've just been chasing that uh, for, for someone, I will always, you know, until I identify it in this way, I'll always be, um, chasing someone else to give me the freedom or the permission to be that thing that I want so desperately, you know? So it does, it almost instantly feels like I have given myself back the power that it's like, it's okay to have crushes on people and, 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 think that they're cute and think that they have admirable traits and all of that kind of stuff but now if I feel like I'm um, getting to the point where I'm like longing for something that doesn't really exist or hoping that someone will come in because if that person would just love me if someone like that with those traits that I admire so much would love me then it would you know it would restore balance to the universe kind of thing that's what it feels like so to be able to take some of that power back and be like I can actually what's crazy Trisha is you're powerful enough to give that stuff to yourself you actually are you're actually powerful enough to yeah to look at those people see what's great about them and then say hey Trisha little Trisha I give you permission to just go crazy to just go crazy now. I think that just hit on something and I'm probably gonna have to mull that over for a while. Yeah. I really was waiting for permission and someone else to tell me that, that I was okay. That, yeah. I'm good just the way that I am. That I'm good just like this. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> All that kind of stuff. I don't know if I went in too many circles with that whole kind of thing, but um, it's it's a new thing. I knew what limerence was, like I said, but I haven't, I didn't understand. I didn't make that connection of like why I've been like directly, so perfectly directly. Patrick said like, okay, this is the thing you've been missing in your childhood. This is what you're craving in relationships, and it just made absolutely perfect sense. And that's the type of actionable stuff that I love because I'm like, I can literally change my mindset about that today. Literally today. And that's, that gives me so much hope and so much power back. So, um, I'm sure that I'll give some more updates and stuff like that. I plan to, I'm making a series on TikTok about it as I work through that. Um, I think that's really all that I've got for you today, fam. All of that I've got. And it's like, an hour and 30 minutes let's do some affirmations I feel like it's an affirmation day I'm rad I'm so fun and funny I have so much value that I offer the people I love in my life and to new friends I have infinite potential I am worth investing in I love myself be kind to yourself today Love you, weirdos. I'll see you maybe next week. Maybe the week after. Probably the week after. Love you guys. Bye.